Today is Monday, January 29th. The title for our devotional is The Spiritual Temple. Today we come to our fourth week of our Resilient Christianity campaign. We've seen that the Christian life is the life of an elect exile in covenant relationship with God. Resiliency is rooted in our worship of God for the living hope and eternal inheritance he gives his people who are guarded for salvation at the return of Christ. Because of this, we can rejoice regardless of our circumstances. And last week, we saw five imperatives to live in this new identity that we have in Christ. One is to set our hope on the grace ahead, to be holy, to fear God, genuinely love one another, and to crave the things of God. Moving right along then, we come to First uh, Peter 2, 4 through 10. This will conclude Peter's introductor, introductory theology, which sets the basis for the practical teaching to follow. First Peter 2, uh, 4, we're just going to begin in verses 4 and 5, but throughout the week we'll cover 4 through 10. So for additional content, I've linked you to all of it. I'd encourage you to give it all a read so you know where we're going. Uh, you can just navigate to your favorite Bible app and do that as well. It says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The big idea of this whole section, verses 4 through 10, is found here in verse 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Remember, we said the main theme of this broader section of 1-3 through 2-10 is to identify the church that Peter's writing to, Christians who have been exiled or dispersed throughout Asia Minor. Uh, The big idea of this section is to identify the church, those people, as the people of God. Here is the most direct statement of this theme, really, in this whole section. There's a number of statements of this theme that Peter makes uh, explicitly clear. He has previously relied on the family metaphor, the father-child metaphor. Now he switches metaphors to a building. Individual believers in Christ are living stones that make up the church, that is, the spiritual house. He's clearly referencing the temple here, as the following phrases indicate, a holy priesthood and a place to offer sacrifices. The church, then, is the temple of God, where the presence of God through the Holy Spirit dwells. So, how do we become part of this spiritual building? Uh, In verse 4, he gives us the answer. We come to Jesus. The term translated come here implies approaching a deity or moving towards him. This is another great picture of salvation in the Christian life. Constantly moving towards Jesus, approaching him, abiding in his presence. We do this first by believing in Jesus, which we will get into in the following verses. Well, in the following days. We'll talk about this. Jesus is then said to be the living stone. We'll unpack this more again in the coming verses, but in the Old Testament, this was an indicator of the Messiah. Peter has previously described our hope as living because Jesus is living. In verse 5, he calls believers living stones as well as Jesus is also the living stone. As believers who identify with Christ then, our life is sourced in him. We experience the the life, the eternal resurrection life of Christ, which he refers to as living stones. And identifying believers with Jesus then, he reminds them of Jesus' life. He was rejected by humanity, just as his audience is rejected by their society. Like Jesus, however, their rejection by humanity doesn't mean that they are cursed or rejected by God. In fact, just the opposite. Just as Jesus, in spite of his rejection by humanity, was chosen by God, so believers should view, they should not view, their rejection by society as a rejection from God. Jesus was chosen and precious to God, and so are believers. 
As a part of being built into a spiritual house, believers are holy priests. In the temple, priests perform the sacred duties of worship to mediate the covenant relationship between God and his people. Interestingly here, Peter doesn't distinguish a certain class of Christians as priests. Instead, he references all believers, whom he's writing to, as a holy priesthood. Protestant Reformation restored this idea of the priesthood of all believers to the church back in the 16th century. In Christ, our access to the presence of God is through faith in Jesus, so all believers have this privilege. Privilege. Other religions set up certain holy members of their religion to mediate between the people and their gods. In Christ, we can all access the presence of God. We are all priests who have access to God's presence. All believers then can offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus. These sacrifices are only acceptable to God because they are through Jesus. He is the means by which our sacrifices are acceptable. The only worship God now accepts is through Jesus. We must be identified with Christ to worship God in spirit and in truth. The sacrifices, he says, are also spiritual in contrast to the physical sacrifices of the Old Testament. Uh, this is a different term from the term uh, spiritual milk that we talked about last week. This is the term literally meaning spiritual, meaning of the spirit. Most likely, Peter has in mind the worship and behavior that flows from a life transformed by God. The hope, the holiness, the praise, the love, etc. This is our sacrifice to God in Christ. By way of application, uh, this big idea counters our cultural value of individualism. Peter is calling his audience to view themselves as a part of a whole. They are each an individual stone in the temple. They are not to perceive of themselves as an individual stone alone in a field. Coming to Christ then means coming to the community of the church, both the local church and the broader church and really the church for all of history. So for reflection time, if you believe in Jesus, uh, just take this picture, this analogy that Peter is using and imagine yourself as a stone in the wall of a larger building. This is how we ought to perceive of ourselves in the church, not as an individual on an island, but as part of a larger whole. We, our community, as we often say, contributes to our identity. So here, imagine yourself as a stone in the wall of a building, i.e. the church. <laughs>